Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening. Welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. Once again, hogging the microphone and pretending like it's all about me. And I'm here with my good friends, Jonra and Sue, who uh, still haven't gotten rid of me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Keep trying, but... <laughs> We've been... Yeah, try and try and try. Um, I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> lazy, good. so like I try sometimes and I just let it go. <laughs> well, and he owns the Zoom account, so, you know, what else could we do? <sighs> well, that's true. It's this... It's true. It's, you know, if you can't make landlord. friends, buy them. <laughs> <laughs> He's the landlord of this of this broadcast. <laughs> oh, jeez! Don't tell him that. Oh no! <laughs> uh, and the rent is too damn high. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm just squatting. I'm just. Squatting. I think we should institute rent you. control. Um, <sighs> that this is a whole thing, but uh, I uh, <laughs> like. And and this is what we wanted to talk about tonight, but I just want to mention uh, before we get into talking about our show show and our stuff is uh, there's a podcast I listen to from time to time by a guy named Robert Evans, and it's called Behind the Bastards. And it basically looks awesome. Yeah. And it looks at a lot of like like sort of the the genuinely terrible people in history and the terrible things they've done with sort of a wry tongue in cheek kind of look, because like a lot of them are – Yes, they're terrible people who do terrible things, but a lot of them are also just total clowns, just buffoons and <laughs> schmucks and and losers. And, you know, it's, you know, so like he'll do a whole thing on like, you know, uh, uh, like he did one where he was clearing up like the the rumors and misconceptions about like, you know, what was wrong with Hitler psychologically and, you know, in his personal life and stuff like that. And it's like, it's not what a lot of people think. It's pretty bad, but it's not what a lot of people think, you know, that kind of thing. But um, just before the election last year, they actually, he actually did one where he wasn't focusing on specifically like, oh yeah, here's one of history's greatest monsters. He was like, why is there such a problem with rent and, and home prices in the USA? And it was really fascinating because- uh, you know, he's he's normally a conflict journalist, but, you know, he's doing a pretty good job of of getting into uh, the what's driving the uh, the housing prices and rent prices to go up in the USA. And he actually uh, told me some stuff I didn't know, which hmm. I mean, isn't that hard, but, you know, was pretty good. So it's it's worth a listen uh, behind the bastards. It's from November 9th and 11th, I think of 2022. So if you're interested in, uh, learning more from a mordantly sarcastic lefty dude, uh, for, uh, you know, then, uh, check it out. So anyway, good recommendation. Thank you. Um, if our listeners would like to suggest other podcasts that we should listen to or tell us about the ones they listen to instead of us, I mean, whatever, I don't know. Wait, they wouldn't be listeners then. Now, they listen to both. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Because they can do that. That's how yeah. the internet works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Well, if if they like that, they can get on the internet and, you know, go to facebook.com slash civil politics radio, tell us what they think of us, or better still tweet at civil politics FM and let us know what they think of us. Or best of all, uh, email contact at civilpoliticsradio.com and let us know what they think of us. Uh, and they can uh, go to civilpoliticsradio.com to look at more, you know, uh, supplemental episodes of the show we've done and all of our back catalog and really get a get a good sense of what it is that we do so they can really tell us what they think of us. Maybe someone would be positive. I don't know. I, <laughs> any, you know, like engagement's engagement, you know, just. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm thinking of Gosh, Martin God, Landau. Thought... <laughs> so go ahead. I, I... I thought people liked us. I, I get that sense. They like us out there. Well, gosh, anyway. darn it, they do. Well, the ones who are <laughs> still with us do. They, they get. Yeah. They haven't gotten tired of my bits yet. I'm just sort of reminded of uh, uh, Martin Landau as Bella Lugosi and uh, Ed Wood after he's coming out of the hospital and he's like almost died of a heroin overdose. And, you know, and it's just, you know, Martin Landau is made up to look like absolutely skeletal. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, Ed Wood is like, uh, there's press out there. I don't think we want to do that. And it's like, Eddie, there is no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> it's like, I'm not sure you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so anyway. Um, speaking, speaking of which, I'm trying to get Jim Lyons on the show. I think you guys, I don't know if you saw, I sent just a note to the Massachusetts GOP. So we'll see. No, I didn't see that. Well, that'd be great. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah, trying. It's going to take a couple of phone calls to to convince yeah. them. So we'll see. We'll see. But that'll be good if we can do that. You want a bunch of guests this this season? We're going to have a bunch of guests, so that's good. If we can, yeah, I've reached out to a few people, but uh, yeah, we're we're going to try and uh, spice it up a bit here in twenty twenty three. Why not? So speaking of the GOP, oh yes, let's. Um, <laughs> oh, I, that's all I got. I'm not. I'm not the master yeah. of the segue like you, Mike. I'm sorry. Ah, well, that's, that, that's you got. You got to take them out for a spin all the time and make sure they're fully charged. Um, so, well, I guess. Uh, I guess we want to talk about uh, Congress, about specifically about the House of Representatives, which is, um, uh, well, Bork. Uh, Borked is not bad, though Robert Bork fortunately is not involved, but uh, it's becoming more urgent. Um, as of, I think, today, uh, certainly by by today as the show is airing, but I think the day we're recording it, uh, Thursday the 19th, um, the, uh, the Treasury Secretary announced that we'd actually – or not the Treasury Secretary. Who was it who announced it? Janet Yellen? Jan yeah. Janet Yellen, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, she's the okay. Treasury Secretary. She used to be head of the Fed. Oh, that's why yeah. I'm confused. Thank you, Sue. Yeah. <laughs> Glad somebody yeah. remembers no, she, uh, Trump, Trump chased her out. She's probably one of the best Fed Reserve people we've ever had. And Trump chased her out and Biden appointed her head of the Treasury, which is kind of brilliant, actually. So yeah. she's very, very educated, very sophisticated. So was, um, I think, um, mm. I, I forget the name of the uh, Greenspan's right hand. Was it Green? No, yeah. not Greenspan. Um, the guy who got us through ben the Bernanke. 2008. Bernanke, yeah. yeah. She was like behind the scenes in that, helping to make sure we didn't crash into the crash and burn. So very smart. M more than very we did. Spoken. So because we did yeah. crash. More and than burn. we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was just we were, a, we were, just a we were like a we were like a full self driving Tesla in traffic. You know. <laughs> 
It didn't um, explode. But anyway, uh, yeah, we hit the debt ceiling. Actually, yes, confirmed on January 19th. January 19th, um, yep. As yep. we're recording, uh, the U.S. government hit its $31.4 trillion borrowing limit uh, and uh, there is now, um, you know, the, the 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 Congress it has to authorize the the country to borrow more money. Yeah, that's oh, part and, of their job. And of course, that means both the House and the Senate have to do that. Now, the Correct. Democrats control the Senate, but the Republicans control the House. And uh, oh, and I, I just want to sort of point out um, as this episode is airing, it's January twentieth, so it is precisely. Two years into and two years from the end of Joe Biden's first and perhaps only term as president of the United States. So, I mean, God willing. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. But we are right <laughs> right as, as we're doing this. We're at the halfway point uh, wow. of the whole thing. So we got two years of all this stuff um, of – whatever shenanigans we can the the republicans in the house can get up to um yeah right. so uh, th- th- uh i think john can throw the uh, the link into the show notes uh from what i know wikipedia once again has a pretty good summary of you know sort of a general topic you know general info on the topic of what the debt ceiling is um but uh, the whole controversy basically comes from the Constitution established very clearly that only Congress can actually vote, uh, can only authorize uh, the U.S. government to borrow money. Um, and that used to mean that Congress, every time they wanted to issue new bonds, Congress would vote on that measure. And you know, if they said yes, then more bonds would be issued. Um, in 1917, after the U.S. and entered World War One, uh, Congress uh, changed things up with the, the Second Liberty Bond Act, and basically, basically they said, "Look, just you can you know issue whatever bonds you need to, however you do it, but you can't you can't borrow more than this." So they just sort of gave uh, they let the the federal uh, uh, the executive branch run a tab basically. And then uh, uh, 1939, the Public Debt Act further consolidated and, and codified how that would work and said it's not just war bonds, it's this whole thing. Um, and that's how they've been doing it ever since. Uh, and Congress uh, sort of issues an, an addendum to the, the Public Debt Act saying like, yeah, but now the, 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 the total limit on the card is however many trillion it is, whatever. 31.4. You know? so, there you go. Um, but uh, Sue, uh, were, you were pointing out that like there's also the, the sensible argument that this is all kind of nonsense because, right? I mean, or yeah. So I heard I heard a, um, a Demo- Democratic talking head, and they were saying that the the people, some people, are encouraging Biden to just ignore it and to yeah. go ahead and just keep paying the bills because. It's not constitutional, even if Congress enacted it, it's in conflict with the Constitution. And and then what would happen is, you know, they would just keep spending money. They sort of call my party on there um, trying to stop, you know, to, to hold this up and create havoc through credit and all sorts of stuff. And then it would have to go to court and the Republicans, my party would basically sue um, 
the executive branch to say that they couldn't keep spending money and then would go to the Supreme Court. And in the meantime, you know, they couldn't stop them. There's no way that it, they could they could stop Biden from just, you know, carrying on and avoiding a catastrophe. So what I was wondering, though, is I wonder why the Democrats, why, why is the folks when you had control both the House and Senate, not you all, but Democrats in general, had control yeah. of the um, House and Senate and Joe Biden, why they didn't fix the debt limit? Because they did the whole budget for 12 months in um, December. You know, it was two months overdue. It was supposed to be done October 1st. But how they got that done and why they didn't take care of the debt limit at the same time, maybe maybe this is Joe a Trojan Manchin. horse. <laughs> That'll do it. The answer is was Joe it, Manchin. Was it Joe Manchin? Was it yep. Joe Manchin? Yep. He wouldn't raise the debt ceiling? Yeah, I because, know you know, that. he's worried about inflation and whatnot, you know, is... Uh, <clears throat> Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema are, I think, a great example of of uh, people who, you know, in their politics and in their values are are looking through the wrong end of the telescope. Um, bipartisanship is, you know, it's not bad, but it's not inherently good either. It's just, you know, it's 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 healthy for a society to be able to reach consensus for uh, us to sort of say, well, you know, we broadly agree on, you know, uh, dogs are cute and cats are cuddly and uh, we all like fresh, clean water. So we should vote to uh, fund the sewage treatment plants so that we don't all die of cholera, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, OK, sure. Um, and we have increasingly uh, in our society, we've been facing uh, more and more division and less and less consensus on things. And I get that. But um, but people and I, I get people miss that and they're like, I liked it when there was a lot more consensus and bipartisanship, like there was back in I don't know the 1970s or whatever. And you know, sure, but um, you know, the, the, like you're mistaking. Oh, this is an indicator that uh, things are good, as opposed to this makes things good. You know, um, I'm I, I'm totally drawing a blank on an example, but it's. It, it's just a it's just a, a a rule of thumb or a thing that is you know that's good like like diversity you know like just having um you know people who aren't white you know uh, an equal mix of men and women etc cetera, etc cetera. like in and of itself that doesn't necessarily mean that society is just or fair or or good you know you know uh, uh, you know people with more melanin can be toxic fascist jerks just like people who are pale like me um uh it's a given the uh sort of historical nature of oppression in our systems of power and whatnot uh one would hope that uh uh people from you know oppressed groups and you know and marginalized identities would recognize that that's not a good idea and 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 fight against it but in the end uh just having you know, uh, having a black man as president doesn't actually mean that the problems of racism are solved in our society. It's just, yeah, it's nice. Um, but it is 
uh, potentially a healthy indicator, a sign that like, oh, yeah, no, we're doing much better. It's like it's not all white dudes, you know, in all the jobs run calling all the shots. That means we're doing better uh, or that certainly suggests we could be doing better about sharing power and listening to the interests of uh, a broader swath of society. So um, – just to to bring it back specifically about the the debt limit. Sorry, I just wanted to make Sorry. sure. Sorry, yeah, no, it's okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so the uh, to answer your question specifically, Sue, they did try to do the the debt limit uh, in the lame duck session in December, uh, and it wasn't just Joe Manchin. There were a few Democrats that weren't that weren't really, really? into it, um, including uh, Chuck Schumer. Who Chuck you know? Schuma? Yeah, uh, and this this actually um, goes with what you were saying, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm reading from a Politico ad. Uh, Senate Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has said that he wants a bipartisan vote to raise the borrowing cap during the lame duck session. So there were some there were some like uh, Joe Manchin that wanted to force like cuts or or something, and then there were people that want to. Say no, we should. We, it should be bipartisan. We should be working together. So if it was just a Democrat thing, then he wouldn't want to do it because he's oh, dumb. That's a dumb thing. Given that it's given that it's it's Schumer, I'm thinking actually he wanted to hang it around my party's neck, which we very much welcome. So, but you know, Apparently. this is going to be yeah. this going to be a showdown. It's like, yeah, give them what okay. they want. Let them let them blow it up, and then we'll run against them. So. I, it I might have know. also I, been I just surprised. Yeah, but it might have also been Schumer providing cover. For, like he might have been like, "Ah, we should do it that way," and he's like, "Yeah, it's dumb, but you know, Joe's not going to cave on this, so fine. So I'll I'll get out yeah. there with him, so you know, we don't, you know, we it's don't not have a reason why I don't respect him, him as a leader. Then, um, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. this is the this is the thing that I really really like about what's happening now. The, the the Republicans have taken the House by like, you know, a guy and Close, now they're yeah. saying, yeah, I'm just now they're saying, OK, so the debt limit's coming up and we want to work with you. So we want this, this, this and this to and then we will vote to raise the debt ceiling. And the Democrats say, no, raise the debt ceiling. We're waiting yep, over from here. Biden on down. Yeah, awesome. Yep. I love it. And the the uh, no the, negotiation. Yeah, the um, yep. the uh, uh, where is it? The um, press secretary was like, "This is if the the de if the death ceiling isn't raised, this would be a financial catastrophe." So mm -hmm. get on it, do your job. Just raise the debt ceiling. We are not negotiating anything. The but Janet uh, Yellen says it too. She's saying that this is, you know, this is really bad. Yeah, which we well, know it's really bad. She actually said that um, because of the extraordinary measures that they're going to be taking, they can work within the debt ceiling like limit, like for mm -hmm. now. But that will only last until like June fifth. So that's how long the U.S. has before it absolutely defaults on its debt, which would so, crash the world. So, <laughs> so, so those extraordinary measures, I've been looking everywhere to find them, and I finally found them. Oh, yeah? What and are they? They're going to they're gonna make your hair curl, because I thought it was just a cash flow thing. You know, they just did curling. the cash here. And, I thought it is a yeah, cash not, flow thing. Yeah, okay. Well, it is, but they also can't have the debt ceiling exceeded. 
Mm-hmm. So what they do is they suspend G-Fund Investments, which is the Federal Thrift Savings Plan, which is employee retirement. Mm-hmm. So they, they suspend that. So that, that doesn't add to the debt. And then they suspend the civil service retirement. Mm-hmm. And um, they suspend investments, new investments, and they disinvest in treasury secure securities. And they do the same thing for the Postal Service because it's required if they do it for the um, civil mm-hmm. servants, they have to do it for postal. Um, and then the state and local government securities and bonds, they suspend those. So what they're doing, and there's two more of them, ESF, Exchange Stabilization Fund, and the FFB, which uh, Federal Financing Bank. So what they, it's very interesting. What they're doing is there's, 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 they're basically stopping funding sort of all the retirement and pension plans, which are fine because, you know, they're funded ahead. And it it's sort of a trick that it just decreases the debt that, um, that the government's getting. And something they did in 96, which was very interesting, they passed a law to temporarily allow social security benefits to be excluded from the debt because there's only certain debt that's counted. And, you know, they're, they're moving around what's in and what's out. It, it's quite brilliant in some ways. But when you think about what they're doing is they're just, they're just, you know, uh, substituting other, other debt. And it, it's sort of horrifying because, you know, it's such a destabilizing thing to do. And it's sort of like saying, well, you know, we don't have any money for payroll this week. So we're just not going to contribute to the retirement plan. Um, for a little bit, only in their case, they're not going to buy treasury bonds because that's what they do the retirement yeah. in. And so as long as they don't buy treasury bonds, they're not adding to the debt. And they move some stuff back that they did buy treasury bonds for. So they keep making wiggle room for themselves. I don't know if that's a good explanation, but it's really, whoever came up with it was brilliant, I think. And it's really just a technicality that it's not yeah. the debt that's counted. It, but, it absolutely- and they're going to run out of it absolutely is like uh, cash flow, you know, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic for a bit kind of move. And it buys them a little time. Yeah. So I'm it's sorry, not John. Really, it's yeah. not really rearranging the deck chairs as much mm-hmm. as it is bailing out as much as you can when there's a hole in the boat. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, like the the it's slowing the sinking of the ship. It's not just like whatever, yeah. you know. the uh, So it's really – going to be interesting to see what happens and what the republicans do because the one of the big things about this is um if the democrats actually succeed in just saying just work just vote for it for the love of god like it's in your hands we're ready to -hmm. just vote on it so if they do that then they can they possibly could set a precedent to remove this kind of thing that has been happening for the past few years because this kind of yeah. fight isn't historical it's it's more recent and using yeah, it's using only the happened debt, in this century yeah you like it's pretty much under trump i think um no obama it's been oh yeah obama, obama yeah yeah that's right yeah, but, yeah. Uh, remember back in 2011 because of the the shenanigans past last year you know this under under <laughs> well but the shenanigans under i think it was still john boehner at that point uh, we actually went sufficiently into default and government shutdown that, uh, yeah, that's right. uh, you know, the, the uh, Moody's, I think, downgraded us from like, you know, from basically U.S. Treasury bonds 
reliable to something almost as reliable. And it yeah, was triple A down to double A, I think. Either yep, way, that's right. B, um, B, B minus. <laughs> yeah, e- either okay, way. This, if they if they do this, th- there is a possibility that maybe this will set a precedent of taking this out of play and just making it Getting part of, of it. like rote, just making it rote again. Yep. Which is which is what should happen. These this sort of thing should not happen. Not even just for our economy, but the world economy, because people are still using the U.S. dollar and still trusting that the U.S. will pay its debts for just all financial transactions. And if the Republicans like, and one of the major things that the Republicans were talking about is China and their worries about China. If they're really worried about China, then they'll do this because if not, then people will start using the Yuan. Yuan. Yeah. The Yuan. Yep. Instead of the dollar. And nobody Mm -hmm. wants that. Well, the Chinese do. Sure. Chinese would like it. Chinese would yeah. probably yeah, be, be super into it. Not, not. Um, <laughs> they'd be like, "Yeah, let's do it." And you'd be like, "No, please, no." They've already talked about starting a second reserve. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Not so well, um, at dollars. the moment, if there were ever to be a second world reserve currency, I'm pretty sure it would be the euro. But um, the yuan certainly. But it's like the, their monetary policy is is not really transparent and. Yeah, oh God, it, no. it there's a there's a reason, like there's a reason why the U.S. dollar became the the world's reserve currency after World War II, and a lot of that had to do with the strength of the U.S. economy, but yeah. also it well, had to do with the fact with the that the market, right? We don't it had to it. do with the way we operate our financial institutions and whatnot, which back in the they were when they were more stable back before we uh, you know re, 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 uh, we repealed uh, you know the um, Glass-Steagall stuff. So yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I, oh really, my, hope, right I just really hope that they just stand their ground and just say, vote for it. That's all I want right now from the Democrats. Yeah. I will respect but, them yeah. if they do this. If, if the Democrats do that and there's a period here, you know, last time it really, well, you know, during the Trump years, it just got approved three times with no problem. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but if, if that happens, you know, we're all a little bit at risk because so many of the interest rates and all all the things that start to move upward because of this it it's just endless i mean it it's has a huge impact you know a lot of the the rates the interest rates all those things are are negatively affected by this because mm-hmm. of the underlying rates that come from the federal government. So it's not a it's not a Russian roulette you really want to play. I mean, I understand no. why the Democrats might want to force it once and for all, but man, the economy's so soft at the moment. You know, it's recovering, but there is yeah. a lot of risk here for this, I think. I think there's a huge That's risk. Totally. So I understand the temptation, but I, and I, you know, my party is we'll see if they're really gonna bluff here or whether they're um, you know, just gonna take it to the to the, you know, take it to the limit and then stop. One more time. Before well, anything my, really bad happens. You're going to take it to the my, limit one more time. <laughs> yes, the song. <laughs> my, re- <laughs> my Republican banker father, uh, his his shade is howling in Valhalla or wherever dad's at. Probably not Valhalla. You know, someplace a little more staid with a garden, you know. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, just because like, you know, big part of why dad was a, a Republican 
you know, because, you know, he was born in 1928. So it was a different time where he was growing up. But just the idea of like, yeah, well, you know, you, you, you do sober, sensible things with the money and you don't you don't do stuff that's going to jeopardize your credit rating, you know, because like that's dumb, <laughs> you know, that just hurts you. Well, so. credit rating in general is dumb, but, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. Well, but as um. as the national credit rating, not personal credit rating, it's a different mm. thing. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, we are slightly over our halfway mark here. So we're going to play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs here on Civil Politics. And then we'll be back with more uh, of our show here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. Please don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXLJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. Tune in to Evidence-Based Radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael. I'm still doing it with Genre and Sue. And uh, Genre, uh, you actually wanted to sort of connected to how Congress is, especially the House is perhaps not handling the important matter of the debt ceiling properly. Uh, you wanted to talk also about uh, the new committee assignments that have been announced by uh, Kevin McCarthy and the rest of the Republican House leadership. So, uh, and I actually haven't remembered to look into that. So I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> drop some knowledge on us, please, sir. So <laughs> I found an article on NBC. Um, the 21 McCarthy holdouts. What what committee assignments they got? Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar exactly. and Matt Gaetz, et tell. Andy oh, Biggs of Arizona <laughs> um, will keep his spots on the powerful Judiciary and Oversight Committees. Um, Dan Bishop of North Carolina will continue to serve on both Judiciary and Homeland Security. Lauren, Lauren Boebert uh, was awarded a seat on Oversight, oversight and Accountability. Um, who, which plans to launch numerous investigations into the Biden administration. Uh, and she will also continue to serve on the, nat on the natural resources panel. Um, 
which he served on last last Congress. Uh, Josh Breit, uh, Brasheen, yeah, Brasheen. How about that? Of Oklahoma, um, Homeland Security. Uh, Mike Cloud of Texas. Uh, Nucy on the Appropriations Committee, which controls federal spending. By the way, Andrew Clyde of Georgia. Um, served for the first time on Appropriations Committee. Eli uh, Crane of Arizona, uh, Homeland Security. Byron Donalds of Florida um, would uh, was named by McCarthy as the Speaker's uh, designee on the um, Influential Steering Committee, which decides which lawmakers get committee gavels and seats. He also won a spot on the Financial Services Committee. Um Matt Gates, here we go. Uh, he will continue to be on judiciary. Bob Good of Virginia. Uh, he has not gotten any assignments yet. Paul Gozer of Arizona, you know, the guy that said that uh, mm-hmm. um, immigrants had calves the size of watermelons or something because they're running drugs all the time. He posted is, the meme of decapitating uh, uh, AOC. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Oh man. Um he was actually taken off of committees uh last in the last Congress. He was reinstated to oversight and the natural resources panels, the oversight committee and natural resources panel. Um he uh Andy Harris of Maryland uh will continue on the appropriations panel and uh he will also be the chairman of the Agricultural Rural Development Food and Drug Administration Subcommittee. Mm. Uh, Anna Polina Luna um, seats on oversight and natural resource panels. Uh, Mary Miller uh, remains on the Agricultural Committee. Ralph Norman of uh, South Carolina remain on financial services panel. Andy Ogles of Tennessee, uh, he's now on financial services Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, he uh, got a new seat on the Oversight Committee and will remain on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Matt Rosendale of Montana uh, will be on Natural Resources. Uh, Chip Roy of Texas will stay on Judiciary. Keith uh, Self uh, will uh, be on the foreign affairs and Victoria Sparts of Indiana uh, will continue to serve on judiciary. So those are all the 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 people that were voting for pre- like they weren't vo- they were not voting or they were voting for Trump or for I don't know who, who were who, who, who were gumming up the works for Mr. McCarthy exactly exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, uh, the um, None of them on the Ways and Means. That's very interesting. That's, yeah, no, that no, is no, the most powerful means. committee. So yeah, because that's, that's, that's the one that votes on where time. all the money actually goes. All right. That's the, that's yeah, the and, one that draws and, up the, the budget. But, but boy, a lot of folks on the Judiciary and the Oversight Committee, so they're going to make hay. They're going to oh, really God, make gonna, hay. Yeah, they, they really yep. – that's – that's probably what they really wanted, just judiciary, just in case they – because uh, the Biden administration is going to be like, I want judges. And they'd be like, no. And the uh, – and oversight because they're just going to go after the president, just – Investigations, the, yeah. Ugh, yeah. No, so, all the time. So, so if you were a Democrat – actually, Mike, you are a Democrat, but if you were in Congress and they mm-hmm. – um, they subpoenaed you to the oversight committee. The Republicans subpoenaed you. Would you ignore the subpoena? 
what are they subpoenaing me for? Oh, just want all your records from, uh, you're the head of Homeland Security and they want all your records and communications for the last two years. I, uh, I think I, uh, I think, well, I think I'd push back on like, what exactly, uh, what exactly are you trying to find out? You know, like, uh, Wait, so uh, by the way, and in this, am I a member, a fellow member of Congress or am I like the head of uh, some part of the Biden administration uh, department? Actually, I threw him in because they've already, I think they've already subpoenaed him or they're close to subpoenaing him. But I I actually met a member of Congress because there are members of Congress then the chief of staff of Trump that that just ignored the subpoenas. So just all your communications, all of your, all of your communications over the past like two years. Like I think I would and professional. Yeah, I mean that's that's an overly broad subpoena. I yeah. I would ignore that, and I'd yeah. certainly challenge it. You know, it's like, you know, the point of a subpoena is you have to provide these records because they're part of an investigation for something we're doing. And it's like, well, what are you doing? What are you looking into? Yeah, I get um, a lawyer. So you would yeah. slow walk it a little bit. I would certainly slow walk it. Um, you know. This is a, a, certainly a discussion I've had. Well, this is certainly a, the kind of discussion I've had with other people, uh, maybe on this show too. But, you know, like, yes, I absolutely can understand that there's a partisan, you know, political infighting element to Democrats investigating Republicans, Republicans investigating Democrats. I, I, I get that, you know, and like, ooh, it's juicy. We're investigating so-and-so for such and such, and that looks bad. And, you know, I get all that. That's That's part of the logic of the Benghazi hearings um, for Hillary Clinton. In fact, it was Kevin McCarthy who said as much in public. But at the same time, you know, uh, the congressional investigation into the the, uh, attack at Benghazi and the death of a few American consular uh, officials, including, I think, our ambassador, um, you know, is totally legit. Like, hey, this is bad. Something happened. We want to ask a few questions about what happened. Like, Congress investigating wasn't the problem. It was after the first congressional investigation basically is like, yeah, well, you know, there were, you know, some confusion and a couple of things that were mistakes, but like nobody was like, you know, negligent or foolish or, you know, corrupt or anything like that. Just like, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, but crap happens. And uh, uh, sometimes we get surprised by things and and that's just part of being human and you know it's and Hillary Clinton as secretary of state was not like criminally conspiring or liable or whatever you know but they didn't like that answer so they kept having hearings they kept getting new committees together to keep talking about it and that's where i think it becomes nonsense but like the first part like yeah it's republicans investigating a democrat but it's still it's a it, you know it's a fair game investigation so I wouldn't say no. I refuse to, you know, honor any subpoena. But I think I would be like, you know, is this a reasonable question? These reasonable questions to be asking about something, you know, like, you know. Uh, and the other example, of course, would be President Trump's tax returns. And I think it was totally reasonable for Congress to be like, hey, we want to make sure that the president isn't, you know, corrupt or lining his pockets or using the presidency for personal enrichment. Uh, if we look at his tax returns, we can help understand how that's working, and maybe we need to make some changes to the law. Was there yeah, a certain you know, amount I did, of I, yeah? 
And, you know, I I agree that they should be able to look at them, but I didn't think they should be able to release them. But that's another. Well, you know, with the subpoenas, the um, Congress, Nancy Pelosi, they let if it was a congressperson, they'd let it drop if they didn't show. They didn't they didn't go after them in court. They only went after folks that weren't actually in the government like um, Bannon. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they it was interesting. And I don't know if that's because it was on thin ice or they didn't want to push it or they were going to run out of time. You know, hard to know. And I was just curious what you thought. I think it was um, more running out of time that de- the Democrats yeah. were for responding to subpoenas, whether or not they believe well, they in, were. You know, in general, uh, in general, I think if one is a government official, one should take government, you know, government powers seriously. So if, you know, a congressional committee issues a subpoena, you know, just like if a grand jury issues a subpoena, I think you, you one should take it seriously. Uh, there may be circumstances where one's like, yeah, no, this is too broad or I don't think this, you know, this is obviously just, uh, you know, this is just you looking for any excuse and I'm going to fight it and whatever. But uh, I think that should be some, that should be an extraordinary measure for – and a carefully considered one, not just sort of a blanket like, well, you know, you're the – you're you know, I'm a Red Sox and you're with the Yankees, so yeah, You know, it's like, yeah. Well, and do you think they I should mean, do it under oath? That. Well, I, I mean, I yeah, like screw the Yankees. People but, are under yeah. oath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that – I sorry. I totally missed what you were. Um, <laughs> yes, of course, Red, Red Sox all the way. But – you know, so, sometimes they let people set their own rules when they interview them and they don't put them under, you know, under oath or, you know, I can't do it on Wednesday and I can only do it for an hour and I need the questions ahead. And so we're probably going to see, I assume, a lot of that kind of yeah. thing. But should they do it? Should they have to do it under oath? You think that's an important part of the process? Well, Answering I, questions from a committee? Yeah. You know, they put them under whoever oath. It is, and then if they, well, yeah, whoever in, it is. In, Here's the thing, like putting them under oath is I think it's good theater. But in the end, uh, even if I'm not under oath, if I go and talk to a congressional committee and I tell them lies, that's still technically a crime. (laughs) You know, you're not allowed to lie to Congress. (laughs) You know, know, you're not supposed to tell lies uh, in uh, the, the halls of our government. And I know for a lot of people are probably snickering right now, but it's true. So you know, in the same way that, you know, it's a crime to lie when the FBI is asking you questions, even if you didn't swear an oath to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth before you talk to that FBI agent. You know, it's just uh, so I, I I understand the concern. And I think especially for public testimony, I think it's absolutely something that, that should be done. It's like, hey, this is me promising. Yes, I really am taking this seriously and I'm, I'm going to give you the straight dope. But, you know, in the, in the end, um, in the end, the point of congressional oversight, of congressional subpoenas, isn't to affix blame or to punish people because that's not what Congress does. It's not what it can do. You know, The executive branch is, is in charge of prosecuting and the judicial branch is in charge of reviewing the prosecution and making sure it's all done correctly. Um, so yeah, in the end, I, I – uh, uh, you know, the point of uh, testifying before committee is because Congress needs this information so it can do its job better. Um, and so long as I so long as that's what's actually going on, then, yeah, I think people should comply, you know. Uh, and again, like to pick ben- the Benghazi hearings, like the reason why uh, 
you know, I would I would have supported Hillary Clinton saying, no, I'm not going to bother and come testify before your committee again, because like I've already answered all of these questions. Like literally the whole point of this is you want me to be on camera uh, answering questions about this thing and keeping this scandal you've ginned up in people's minds. And that's it. I have to, I have to say I was amazed she could keep she could keep answering questions for 11 hours. They had her in there one day at the end. It was amazing that she could she could stand up to that. And that's I mean, that's my feminist side coming out that I felt that yeah. it was a little bit of mis- misogyny because 11 hours is definitely a uh, little bit for sure. Beyond the pale. It yeah. was oh, for slathered. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I voted for, and, you for, know, for misogynist. For, yeah. Rampant. Yeah. And I well I and I voted for you know Ms. Clinton in 2016, um, and I'm sorry she didn't win. Uh, I you know again I wasn't the biggest fan of her, just like I wasn't the biggest fan of Joe Biden. But you know it's like all right, well you know she's certainly the far better candidate for the job. Um, but that just the sheer vitriol and hatred that uh, gets thrown her way all the time. Um, it reminds me of the other thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, we've got a few minutes left in the show. Well, uh, um, I wanted to – I was waiting. Oh, I I'm just, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm there sorry. There were a couple Please, more um, seats I just wanted to bring up just so everybody knows. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, is now on oversight and accountability, um, and she got uh, Homeland Security. Uh, and the reason she got both of those is for the oversight of both because – they uh, are going to investigate um, the Homeland Security Secretary, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. Um, there is a House Republican that has filed impeachment, filed articles of impeachment against him already. Uh, and um, Congressman Santos, if that's his real name, uh, <laughs> he will serve on small business and the Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. I just want to get those into the record there. Um <laughs> Who knows how long that guy's going to be in Congress? He'll probably stay because I, the Republicans have no shame at this point. Uh, but well, <laughs> I think he's doomed, but not for any of the reasons you guys think. I think taking three thousand dollars from a dog that died of cancer, and the guy that owned him was a vet, and he he took the money from a GoFundMe, or he created yep. a a charity and just took the three grand. I think that's going to do him in because you know between veterans and dogs, there isn't. You know, there's no partisanship with those guys. Those, I mean, he just offended everybody. That's why uh, John Wick was such a popular movie. Yeah, he killed the dog. Right, they killed Screw that dog. Guy. Right, His Screw those guys. in the it beginning. Go on a rampage. It's a puppy. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't brook that, sir. We're, we're, we're all in. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. But in. he had That's the so guy funny. had to. The guy had to panhandle <laughs> to get enough money to bury his dog. So that's fun. Um, but you wanted to talk about uh, uh, Jacinda Ardern? Jacinda Ardern, yes. Um, about, assuming, uh, Sue, John, you guys didn't have more you wanted to say about the, the clown show in our Congress. Did, did you? I, I, mean, just, you know, like, I just, I don't like it. Uh, I think that, <laughs> I think clown show is the appropriate word. Um, they are just, they, they, it's, it's, it's a complete, it's a complete show. And I hope, I hope and pray that uh they like enough of them get like kicked out of office or something so we can actually do stuff i mm-hmm. don't know <laughs> it's just it's i i got nothing on this it's i i'm just very um 
Republicans are just are just not not good. They're just not good. They're not a force for good in in, in any way and, at, at all um, at this point. And uh, I hope that their party just fractures and dies on the vine. Sue. i I just don't even know what to say (laughs) you just you just always hear from the crazies i guess that's the way i'll frame it is that you know congress has a very low rating as does actually the supreme court at the moment it's actually sort of horrifying in fact many of our institutions have very low ratings and i think if you're, you know, if you really believe in the United States, I think you really wish that it would um, be better represented and that it would that it would do a better job of attending to business. That we have so many of these distractions that are just, I mean, to yeah. put to put somebody who thinks space lasers change the outcome of an election on Jewish a serious, space lasers on yeah. a homeland security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, someone it, that's it worried about Jewish space mind. lasers and homeland security. Oh my. God. And I think it speaks to McCarthy just doesn't know how to use power because I think if they had a better speaker, you know, if my party had a better speaker, a lot of this stuff would just, you know, would be taken care of. I really it, don't think it's so. Sort of, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. you don't think so, but I, I, I think so. If they had somebody who actually knew how to use power. And that's the problem is that we have a lot of folks that, you know, they're just, they're just acting at their jobs. They're actually not very good at them. And I'm, I'm sort of putting that on on both parties or at least from my perspective oh yeah so, no, no totally but, uh, <laughs> but jacinda yeah. dern we all like her so yeah and it's really too bad that she's well um, and, and what you're saying is like part of the issue is the fundamental uh uh disunity in our in our politics like so mccarthy couldn't do a deal with the democrats like you know in a different time he might have been like look you guys don't like me and we're not on the same page but there's some stuff we agree on so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a couple of a couple of you know bones to the democrats and you guys will vote for me and these you know yahoos at, at the far right of my party will ignore them and actually get on with running things um so yeah you can't yeah, build a house it, it's the art you yeah. can't build a house with bricks made of straw. It's just the build. He, it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. if he's the best speaker uh, of all time. If if he if his entire party is worthless and or not even entire, just like if there's a ton of just worthless people in the like, and they can force some issues. It doesn't matter. He can't. You can't build anything stable with unstable materials, and that's yep. what they have. It's really too bad. But you, but you can isolate them, and you can, and you can take their power half the away. Party. Well, I don't think it's half the party, but because <laughs> it's not like far right crazies. It's like half the party at this point. Like well, look at I, look at what they're trying to do, yeah. and we'll look at look at like how they're all voting. It's a ton of your party in in Congress, a ton. It's not like just five guys or something. I think that debt ceiling. I I think that there's something that my party's onto, and I the debt ceiling isn't the way to do it. But there is, there's somebody's got to get a handle on the spending. They just do, and you know they're gonna spend this all yeah. into oblivion. And oh yeah, we, you know like I said, I don't budget. think that that's oh totally yeah. I'm not Cut sure I do that or I might. 
That's a whole other thing. We should actually we should actually do a special show on that. Police in Northampton, you know, in two weeks in the budget, and they took ten percent away from the police chief in Northampton. That's not how you run an airline. Well, no. (laughs) If you random random arbitrary cuts, no, you're right. That's not a good way to do anything. Really, you have to be you have to be very like you have to yeah. be deliberate and you have to think about like what you're cutting and where you're going to allocate and funds and why and everything and like that but in yep. the end it doesn't even matter in the end uh <laughs> you can there we can totally take 5% or 10% off of the off of the the defense budget we can to- put we can in, figure that right. out and put into like social services or something Five percent, right? Or we could, or we could totally do that. Or you know, a green energy I, I development initiative, or a more new to Ukraine. But we've got to replenish our own weapons because we're starting to use them up. Well, and because oh, yeah, we and, need and, more weapons. And, well, well, to I actually supply Europe the Ukraine for fighting Russia. the war. Yeah. Here's the thing: it's not that we shouldn't have a defense budget. It's not that there's no use for it. It's just that well, this is a whole thing. It's like. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're being responsible. Yeah. And we're, we're almost out of time. I just want to want to uh, mention I am sad that Jacinda Ardern is resigning. Um, I think I think she's done a, a New really Zealand good job. Prime Minister. Yeah. The Prime Minister of New Zealand. Uh, I thought she did a really good job. Um, uh, obviously not a perfect one, but, you know, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought she was. Uh, she handled a lot of terrible crises very well in her five and a half years on the job. And um, I just, <clears throat> you know, she, the, the statement she gave, and I, I think we can throw the link to the, her brief press conference on the subject, but she talked about how she didn't have enough left in the tank to, to keep going. And I really think a lot of that is just um, the kind of vitriol that got thrown at Hillary Clinton is the vitriol that also get, got thrown at her and just... Just there's just this tremendous hatred of her because she's a young woman, because she's a mom who like with a toddler and, you know, because she makes a point of actually caring about people and talks about the value of empathy and, you know, and then took away a bunch of people's guns. And just the way the New York Times, for example, like their profile, their their discussion of it. Uh, written by a guy named Damien Cave, like he he quotes Roger Stone, the guy who thinks Richard Nixon was awesome, shady political operative involved in the January 6th uprising here in the U.S. She quotes him talking about Jacinda Ardern. And it's like, he's not from New Zealand. Like, like he's the worst of American politics. And you're talking to him about New Zealand? What? You know, like there's no reason to do that Unless fundamentally, I don't know, like I can't think I, it's the kind of thing a very particular sort of person would do. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) It's catching on. (laughs) From the feminist viewpoint, it's not, it's not just that she's compassionate, it's that she's female, just like Margaret Thatcher, you know, was given. They all, um, Mm, what's her name in Germany? Um, I can think of her name. Angela Merkel. Angela Merkel. It's endless. It's just endless. Say. So I'm glad you agree with me. Perfect. I'm glad you guys agree with me on that. The women yeah. have to be twice as good. They have to be. 
I mean, yeah, in anyway. the case of Margaret Thatcher, she just had to be tried twice as evil. So, um, <laughs> yes, he really had to work. It. He really had to push and and really show how just absolutely horrible that she could be just so she could stand up with people like Reagan. Queen Elizabeth. Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, totally. Given. Someone else. Very horrible. Some, they were treated her really badly when oh, she was yeah. young and mm-hmm, ascended mm-hmm. to the throne. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And it's it's relentless <laughs> and it's like what they did to Obama. It's it's just overwhelming opposition. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, that I would I would not no uh, make that comparison uh, with the ways that, but yeah, I could see where you're coming from. Yeah. He didn't have to try really hard to be just pure evil, but, you know, kind of, you know, I can, I can see where you're coming from, Sue. It's certainly, I think, stemming from a similar dismay at the idea of like, wait, what? what's that? Somebody who isn't one of us is, might have some power? That's bad. Yeah. But anyway. We, I hear the music, so we gotta, uh, we got to wrap this up here. Uh, something more we could say. Maybe we'll come back to it. But that's going to do it for now here uh, for Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. We've got a repeat broadcast of our show Monday afternoon at 4. And, hey, you can listen to us as a podcast starting tomorrow morning. But that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.